The Jets are one and two. How do we turn this thing around? We'll discuss today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, September 26th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you're listening on the podcast source and enjoy the show, please give it a five-star review, and if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out and help other Jets fans find the show. Well, the Jets are in some trouble. I talked about it on yesterday's show. They are one and two. They have a game this weekend against the defending Super Bowl champions. Now, there's a game against Denver who doesn't look very good on the horizon, but then there's a game against the other Super Bowl team last year, the Philadelphia Eagles. We talked about it even in the days before Aaron Rodgers got injured, through the offseason, when the schedule came out. The first six, seven games were going to be all about surviving for the New York Jets because that's really where the schedule was. The, the, the tough games were really front-loaded, which is a contrast to last year where the schedule ended up being pretty easy in the early part of the season where the Jets got off to a really good start and then got tougher down the stretch where the Jets collapsed near the end of the year. This year, the schedule is tough at the beginning, and you know there, there are pros and cons to each approach. If you, get a little, if you have a tough schedule at the back, if the easy games are in the front, you can get off to a good start. You can get some momentum, you know, maybe – you do a little bit better than the Jets did down the stretch last year. If you have all the tough games early in the season, well, that means you get them out of the way and maybe you play a little bit better down the stretch. Maybe you get hot at the right time, but it doesn't really matter unless you survive. You know, if you get off to a one and five, two and four start, it can be very difficult to navigate that. I mean, sometimes your team can lose confidence. Sometimes things fall apart for you. Now, I said when Aaron Rodgers was here that I wouldn't panic over a three and three, maybe even two and four start. But I think it's a little bit different now with Zach Wilson, at quarterback, particularly what we saw on Sunday with Zach. So how can the Jets turn this around? You know, the season's not over. The Jets are in big trouble. That, that's different from saying the season is over. Well, how, how did the Jets get this thing moving in the right direction again? I think you have to start by looking at the coaching staff. Now, I guess you could say Zach Wilson needs to play better, and that's true, but I think Zach Wilson is what he is at this point. You know, I think we saw on Sunday, that's the quarterback you're going to have to work around. That's just the, that's just the facts of the matter right now. And, you know, maybe Zach Wilson can get better as his career progresses, but right now he's just not a very good quarterback. So that means that the coaching really needs to pick up its game. And I go back to what I said on Sunday. I go back to what I said on Monday. I go back to what I said last week. Nathaniel Hackett through three games has done an absolutely miserable job, in my opinion. He's done a, he, yeah, I understand the quarterback plays bad. I understand you've had issues. You had to reshuffle your offensive line. These are things that are very difficult for an offensive coordinator to deal with. But the things Nathaniel Hackett's doing just make no sense. I mean, I, let me start with the first down runs because I actually went through this. I looked at it. In the first three quarters of this game, the Jets ran 13 plays from scrimmage on first down. 10 of them were run calls. You could see the Patriots could load the box. The Patriots you know, could do whatever they wanted. And the Jets were very predictable on offense. It's not just that they ran the ball, although that's a big part of it. 
there was no like eye candy. There was no like stuff you'd see with Mike LaFleur where a guy would come in motion and like you'd fake a jet sweep or something like that. These were really predictable, really easy to defend run calls, especially with the you know the offensive line situation with the Jets. We'll get to them in a bit. It's not really all the offensive line's fault. You had a, you had a group that was thrown together for this game. But of those 10 runs the Jets had in the first three quarters on first down, they averaged two yards per game. Now, part of this is Dalvin Cook is trying to bust too much outside. You know, Dalvin Cook, I'm, I'm watching some of these plays on film because fortunately they put the film up last night. Um, there are a lot, number of plays where Dalvin Cook's not following the play design, where he's just trying to bust bust something outside for a big gain, and it's starting to look like Dalvin Cook maybe doesn't maybe the speed has declined, which is you know kind of a new development because last year he still hit a lot of home runs, last year he still had a lot of big gains, this year he's not getting to the edge, and you know if you're gonna bust things outside, if you're gonna look for the big play instead of the play design, that's gonna be a problem. The Lions are not blocking well though. I mean, Brees Hall is getting met in the backfield with some of these plays. So the average run is two yards. So you're typically when you're running the ball and Hackett's doing it again, 10 out of 13 times, you're at second and eight. And I actually looked up last year what the statistics were for NFL quarterbacks on second and eight. And they averaged because now second and eight is a passing down. It's a long yardage down. So you kind of have to throw it. NFL quarterbacks averaged about 6.7 yards per attempt last year on second and eight. The average in the league was about 7.4 yards. So Every quarterback gets made worse because you're putting them in a bad situation. The playbook becomes much more limited on second and long because you kind of have to throw the ball. So what's this got to do with Zach Wilson? Well, we know he's struggling anyway. So why put him in situations that are tougher? And that's what Nathaniel Hackett's doing. And it's really counterintuitive because what Hackett's thinking is like, well, we're not going to we're not going to put the ball in Zach's hands because we're going to run the ball. Well, if you can't run it effectively then you're putting the quarterback in even worse situations. You'd be better off throwing it in situations where the defense is expecting run because it's at least a little easier to throw then, even if you've got a quarterback as challenged as Zach Wilson. But if you have a quarterback as challenged as Zach Wilson, that means you have to make life as easy on him as possible. And instead, what Hackett is doing is making life as hard on him as possible. It's really frustrating to watch. And it's frustrating to watch in part because this is an offense with zero imagination. And I think the usage of the usage of players makes very little sense. Um, you know, I talked about this yesterday, and I don't want to make Mikal Hardman or Xavier Gibson to be Jerry Rice here. Would they make a big impact? You know, probably not. Are they below average players? You know, for Gibson's sake, I mean, as a receiver, maybe he's a you know, as a rookie, not, not a drafted player. You know, you're not expecting an undrafted rookie to be a good player for you. Is Mikal Hardman a good player? Well, not really. But is, are these guys better than Randall Cobb? Randall Cobb should not be on this team. Randall Cobb is here because he's Aaron Rodgers' friend, because the Jets just decided to sign all of Aaron Rodgers' friends. So why are the Jets not putting more explosive players on the field? Because Hardman's not that good, but he's definitely a bigger play threat than Cobb is. And the same goes with Gibbs. Gibson, you know, he's a rookie, he's an undrafted guy, but a guy who's shown he can make explosive punt return runs, well, throw him a screen. Because the screen's kind of set up like a punt return where the ball's in his hands. He gets the chance to make the play and make a play in open field. You get blocking in front of him, maybe hit a big play. And for an offense that's not really producing a ton, you got to look for the home run. You have to f- find ways to manufacture big plays. This is, I'm sorry, this has been an awfully coordinated offense so far. And I understand that there have been quarterback problems. You know, they were expecting to have Aaron Rodgers, and part of the issue is that they were expecting Aaron Rodgers to run the offense, that you know Hackett would not have to do as much work. But I think in the rush to criticize Zach Wilson, which in many ways is deserved, 
people are letting Nathaniel Hackett off the hook for running one of the worst coach Jets offenses I've seen. This offense, I, I you know, I think that sometimes we get a little carried away with you know, over with the here and now. I think sometimes like we lose stock of how bad things may have been in the past. But I'm watching this offense, and I almost say, watching the play call, watching the play design, I'd rather have Adam Gase. This is a horribly run offense. It's a horribly constructed offense. The play design is bad. As I mentioned, there's no, there's nothing that stresses the defense. There's no like man. You never see a man in motion that puts the defense in a bind. You don't see a lot of shifts. I mean, even tight ends. Where is Jeremy Ruckert? What is CJ Uzama providing that Jeremy Ruckert could not? Younger player with clearly more ability, at least clearly more potential for the future. I mean, so what? You put him out there and he's bad. I mean, what's CJ Uzama providing this team? Nathaniel Hackett's got to improve. I understand Zach Wilson's been bad. Nathaniel Hackett's been just as bad. And if he doesn't get better, this thing's not going to improve. And there's some very, I mean, I just laid out some pretty obvious things he could be doing to improve this offense that he's not doing right now. He's got to be better. Now, had you on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll turn our attention to the offensive line. Was it a great performance on Sunday? I mean, I don't think so, but I think there actually are some positives you can take from the game. I think that there's some signs of hope for a unit that's been one of the weak points uh, through the first three weeks of the season, and we'll discuss that continuing this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Nutrafol. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole-body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated natural science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your health. Go to Nutrafol.com men to take their hair health wellness quiz. Identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the root causes of thinning, such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com men and enter promo code LOCKDOWNNFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com men, and enter promo code LOCKDOWNNFL. That's Nutrafol.com men, promo code LOCKDOWNNFL. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listener, first watch every day. Big shout out to everydayers, folks who listen to this podcast Monday through Friday, where we have new episodes each day, and we have bonus episodes as needed. We have some post-game shows, typically after games, uh, as big news breaks, we'll, we could do bonus episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Today, we're talking about ways the Jets can turn this thing around at one and two. It's you know a rough situation right now. Very difficult loss on Sunday to the New England Patriots. Uh, game Jets really needed. I mean, I think even when the schedule came out, even when you saw Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, you looked at how daunting this early season stretch was going to be, this first seven, six, seven weeks. And I think most of us said that's a game they got to bank a win because New England is not a great team right now. Um, you know, obviously they've been a great team for about two decades, but 
these days the Patriots are not a daunting opponent on your schedule. At least they should not be. And the Jets fell to them. And the Jets are now like Sunday game against Kansas City from being one in three. How do they turn this thing around? Well, the offensive line has been an issue for the Jets through the first three weeks. And Dwayne Brown goes on injured reserve with a hip injury prior to Sunday's game. And then another situation which is very t- difficult to figure out because it, it, you've seen this through Robert Salas three years where he expresses optimism a player is going to be back in the lineup on Sunday and then suddenly they're on injured reserve. And that's exactly what happened. Robert Salas, like late last week, was talking about how they were expecting Brown to be on the field against New England. Now he's on injured reserve, so he's out four games. So the Jets had to reshuffle their offensive line on the fly. Makai Becton moves from right tackle to left tackle. Elijah Vera Tucker moves from right guard to right tackle. And Joe Tipman, the rookie, who's a center, plays right guard. So Becton's got a lot of experience at left tackle. So you could argue two players are out of position. You also could argue three players are out of position because Becton's been playing right tackle, you know, pretty much through the summer to get ready for this season. Although he did, I guess he did get some training rep, camp reps at left tackle. So we'll say two guys out of position. But beyond two guys out of position, an entirely new alignment on this offensive line, which means you got to figure out what the guy next to you is going to do on each play. Not so easy to do. I mean, it's you have like a split second to figure out how to pass off a stunt, when to do it, you know, how to pass the guy off so you're the guy so that the alignment next to you can handle it. It's not easy. And you saw growing pains on Sunday. I'll say this. So I watched the film last night. It was not as bad as I thought it would be. Now, the Pro Football Focus put out some grades that like made the Jets' offensive line look stellar. I don't think that that's the case. In fact, Pro Football Focus, this is why like, I really don't mention PFF grades much on this podcast. Pro Football Focus right now has the Jets graded as the second best run-blocking team in the NFL. And I think a lot of that's probably week one where you know the, they had the three tight ends in. But a, a very odd thing. But you did see some promise. I think you know Joe Tipman looked good in pass protection, which is good. And oddly, I thought if tip, the weaker part of Tipman's game was run blocking. Elijah Vera Tucker, you know, he got beat once and Michael Carter helped him out. He could have allowed a sack. But for a guy who, again, is just kind of being thrown into the mix at right tackle, did pretty well. The question with Vera Tucker is, can he hold up there over the long run? You know, his arms are very short. And there's a lot of concern in the NFL about arm length of tackle because you essentially need to be able to reach out and anchor and, and make first contact, make the first punch against the elite athlete, but you can't do it leaning. So with shorter arms, it makes it more difficult to, to make that first contact, to strike the first punch before the guy's kind of on you and has a chance to you know make a spin move or you know swat, swat away at your arms. It's all about leverage. And when you have longer arms, you can have a firmer base, you can be balanced, and you can make the first punch. So that's the question with AVT. The three games so far, and I think for the most part, he's looked pretty good. Beckton at left tackle, I mean, that was shakier. Uh, a couple times he got beats, including the the, ta- the sack that uh, allowed New England to score safety in the fourth quarter. You know, it was not a great game for Beckton. But I think the offensive line was better. So the question is, well, how much better will it get? And, you know, last week I did a show and I said, you know, I didn't think that there were any easy solutions for the offensive line. Well, like, you know, I got to say that solution played reasonably well. I don't think it was a great performance. I think that there were moments where they were shaky, I think, especially in the run blocking game. I mean, I can't figure out how the Jets throw three weeks. You could argue that they're the number two run blocking team in the league as PFF would. But I have to say it was not a disaster and it was an improvement. So, you know, I, I'm not sure how this will work down the, through the rest of the season. But, you know, I did say that last week and 
I, was, I think the performance on some levels was a pleasant surprise. I don't think it was a great performance. I think there were, again, some very shaky moments. But that's what you expect when you're playing multiple guys out of position and you're throwing a new group together. So the question is, how much, guy, how much can these guys get better? How quickly can they improve? And Tittman, of course, is kind of a wild card because this is actually a guy who you can see a path to him playing really well. You know, when you talk about backups, they're the guys you could see maybe being an upgrade and the guys who probably are not going to be an upgrade. You know, could Jeremy Rucker be an upgrade on CJ Uzama? Well, of course, because Rucker's a second year player. Could Tim Boyle be an upgrade on Zach Wilson? Well, probably not. Boyle's been in the NFL a long time. The limited playing time he's got has been really bad. You know, the Jets quarterback situation is not good. I don't think it's going to be improved with Tim Boyle in there. I think if you're talking about which of these categories Tipman falls into, well, I think he'd be the formula, the former. He's a second round pick. The Jets were really high on him this year. And then, you know, his first game was decent. So you hope he gets better. You just hope this line gets better through the season. And if they do that, that's a big deal. But they especially, you know, on paper, this was supposed to be a strong run blocking unit because Becton's a stronger run blocker than a pass blocker. Uh, ABT is too. And Tipman, you know, Tipman's a guy, Jets, when the Jets drafted him, if you watch some of the footage of him in Wisconsin, I mean, he just crushed guys. He, he, he moved people. He was a big guy, one of the biggest centers I've ever seen. But he could also move really well. And it was interesting because the run blocking was really not very good in this game. This pass blocking was actually better. And I think you know, re-watching some of the film, you saw that some of the pressures you saw were the result of, A, the receivers not separating, and B, Zach Wilson holding the ball for too long and being too slow to get through his reads. So, I, you know, I, I, again, I don't, I don't want to praise this offensive line too much because I don't think it was that stellar of a performance. But if you were asking me a line that was just thrown together, you know, essentially you put the offensive line in a blender, you play, play multiple guys out of position, first time these guys are this, these five are working together, I actually think it was a decent performance. And you hope that as time moves forward, as these guys get more experience, as these guys get more used to playing with each other, that gets better. And if it does, at least there's something on the offense you can look to because I don't think quarterback's going to get better. I don't think receiver's going to get better. Receivers were terrible in this game. That's what, and, you know, I, I was, we watched the All-22, and there were four culprits in this game on offense that I named on Monday's podcast. The quarterback, the receivers, the coordinator, and the offensive line. And of the four, the only one that I thought was a pleasant surprise watching the film that I remember I viewed changed from the first time was the offensive line. Hackett was horrible. Wilson was horrible. The receivers were horrible. The offensive line played a credible game. So at least we got that going forward. And again, if these guys get a little bit more experience playing together, maybe it'll mean good things for the Jets. Now, had you on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll close out our show. What else needs to improve? There's some things beyond your control in the NFL. People don't want to say that, but it's true. Jets need better luck going forward. And we'll discuss that as we continue this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Jump into the NFL action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And, you know, I don't know that I'd want to pick the Jets this weekend. I think the Jets need to show you something before you're ready to lay money down on them, especially against the Kansas City Chiefs. We all hope for good things, but you might want to look at another game. But no matter what game you bet, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I would not bet against the Jets. I don't know how you feel about it, but... 
lots of great NFL action and action in other sports you can take a look at. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Tuesday, talking about how things can turn around for the Jets. And I think that we can talk about things the Jets need to do better, and they're mainly on the offensive side of the ball. Because once again, as was the case last season, I mean, I shouldn't say that because we're three weeks in and one, one of the defensive performances was awful. But the defense has played two pretty good games. Defense has played well enough for the Jets to be 2-1 and one right now. The offense is not. In fact, the offense really played bad enough for the Jets to be 0-3. That first game, I mean, they put together the one drive, the one touchdown drive. The game was won on a punt return touchdown, and the Jets' defense forced four turnovers and gave the offense a short field plenty of time. So the offense really needs to get better. We've talked about the coaching. We've talked about maybe the offensive line starting to come together a little bit. Jets need better luck. I mean, look, this needs to be said, and it sounds like an excuse, and it's not like it's not an excuse that like you can use to ex- explain away like a really bad season this year. But I think we all know like there's no thing that could happen in the NFL that's less like less lucky than your starting quarterback suffering a season-ending injury four plays into this year. And it's funny because heading into that game, heading into week one. We talked about this, how the Jets had made it through the preseason relatively unscathed. It was probably the healthiest Jets team leaving the preseason that we've seen in some while, in some time. And that lasted all of four offensive plays. Now, I guess in that game, Buffalo actually did have the ball first, so it's however many plays Buffalo ran plus four, but unbelievable. So the Jets, Jets have had unbelievable injury luck, and that's that's just one that you, that's tough to take. Now, Dwayne Brown's a little bit different because Dwayne Brown, you're depending on a you know, 38-year-old tackle who's coming off a serious injury. That was maybe a little bit more explainable. And Aaron Rodgers is 39, but the Achilles is always like a random event. So after that, after that stretch of bad luck where you lose your quarterback, you just need better things to happen for you. And one thing I, I noted is, and I, I note this a lot, every single season, about half the games in the NFL are decided by one score or less. And typically, if you look at like the team that ends up with the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, about half of their games are one score or less. So even the worst team in the NFL is typically very competitive through the course of the season. So what does that mean? Well, it means that games come down to luck more than we want to admit. You know, if a, if a game's decided by one score, that could mean that just some random play decides the game. You know, the decisive play could be like some a missed field goal. It could be a guy slipping on defense. It could be a receiver slipping on a play that turns into an interception. And these plays don't all happen in the fourth quarter. Sometimes it happens in the second quarter and it leads to a touchdown that ultimately proves to be decisive, a bad call. I think Jets fans know that they see their fair share of bad calls. Jets just need better luck because right now they're not going to outscore anybody. I don't think the Jets are going to win a lot of games by blowout this season. The offense just isn't good enough to blow teams out. That means that the ideal scenario is you got to play a lot of close games. And, you just have to hope that things bounce your way in those close games. Maybe you have one of those outlier seasons like Minnesota had last year. It's no surprise Minnesota's falling back to earth. They had a ridiculous record in one-score games a year ago. And it was it was inevitable that they were not going to have that same level of luck this year. And I, I'm not saying like everything that happens in the NFL is luck, but I'm saying a greater percentage is beyond the team's control than we're probably comfortable with dealing with. The difference between being a 10-7 and 7 team and a 7-10 and 10 team is really just a handful of plays. And that's one of the reasons you see, again, another thing in a typical NFL season, 
around half the teams that make the playoffs last year, the year before, don't make them the next year. And that's just because there's such a fine line. At the top, you have your Kansas Cities, you have your maybe Philadelphias, you have you have a handful of really great teams. At the bottom, you have a lot of you have a handful of really, really bad teams. And you you can think about who they are. Most of the teams in the NFL are in the middle. And for a while, the Jets were in the really bad group. Jets are back in the middle now. You know, last year it was very difficult to watch that team go from seven and four to seven and ten and end the season on a six-game losing streak. But that was so much more like a regular NFL fan problem where our team got off to a decent start and then collapsed down the stretch. Like that's the stuff you're used to. You're not used to like watching the Adam Gase Jets just go out there and struggle to score touchdowns. You're not used to watching the Jets, you know, threaten to go winless like they did in 2020. We're back to having normal NFL fan problems. So this team, even though it lost its quarterback, it's still capable if it gets the right breaks and if it has the right changes. You know, if the co- if the offensive coordinator starts showing up, it has an opportunity to at least be a team that gives opponents problems. And if things break right, maybe they still have a chance to make a playoff run. But things have to improve quickly because at one and two and with a game against the defending Super Bowl champions on the horizon, they are running out of time. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on the podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out and help other Jets fans find the show. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Send in your mailbag questions tomorrow. We have our weekly mailbag scheduled.